you've heard the phrases being thrown around these days of companies paying a fair share. That's an arbitrary term for multinationals. That's a term that's really misunderstood a lot because different countries or jurisdictions have different tax rates. Some are higher, some are lower. And so as companies are very good at trying to operate in a most tax-efficient manner, their activities are, are going to gravitate to a lower tax regime. ESG has exploded into compliance and business consciousness in 2021. Join Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, on the ESG Report and learn about sustainability risks, opportunities, and issues that business leaders and compliance professionals need to know about regarding ESG. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again with Tracy Howell. Today, we're going to take up a topic that, frankly, I've seen nothing on. So I appreciate you taking the time to research on it so we could visit about it. Tracy, and that is tax and ESG. So first of all, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Tom. I'm glad to be back, and I am the tax man. Maybe we could start with the basics. What is ESG, and how does tax intersect with ESG? ESG is the acronym, you know, covers the governance in today's environment. It includes environmental social and governance sections of an entity. So those three components, the environmental, an organization is supposed to be monitoring and contributing to its social requirements of its environmental footprint, if you will, Tom. Wastewater management, for instance, energy efficiency, carbon footprint of an entity's organization, and the social component of that Tom, which is, again, growing in importance, you know, includes, you know, the human rights. Where's it operating in? It's human resource function, the well-being of its workforce. Do they pay a fair wage, Tom? Energy efficiency. And so that's a social component. And then the governance part is, of course, Tom, you're, you know, a functional expert, global expert on this. The governance part includes executive compensation. That's a high profile item. Political contributions of an entity, Tom. Board independence and composition. The demographics of its executives. Whistleblower schemes, Tom. Those are the traditional components that our entities are held accountable for in today's environment. So, Tracy, what are some of the drivers of this change to ESG really around the inclusion or enhancement of tax as an ESG component? Because, frankly, I don't think many people think of the tax component to ESG or even within each one of the E and the S and the G, where does tax fit? So how do you see that shaking out? Well, Tom, there's external forces pulling tax into the the S and the G of the ESG component, the social component. Social being, how does tax fit into social? You've heard the phrases being thrown around these days of companies paying a fair share. That's an arbitrary term for multinationals. That's a term that's really misunderstood a lot because different countries or jurisdictions have different tax rates. Some are higher, some are lower. And so as companies 
are very good at trying to operate in a most tax-efficient manner, their activities are, are going to gravitate to a lower tax regime. So what's coming up is the S in social taxes becoming more common in social piece of ESG. And you've got forces trying to push the concept of fair share rather than just compliance with the tax laws of those different jurisdictions. There's a tax component in the governance piece. It's becoming more and more common for companies to have to talk about their compliance, tax audits. And it doesn't mean a company can have a vision or a perception of not being compliant in governance simply because a company's following the laws of the different jurisdictions. And I know, Tom, you've seen some of the litigation in the European Union between the countries where there's some intellectual property licensing in one jurisdiction that's at a lower rate and governments are giving maybe some tax concessions to draw business incentives. And subsequently, those are being challenged. So there's a misperception, Tom. So anyway, it's becoming a bigger factor in the G part, governance and S for social. Let me turn to now and ask you the question, could you talk about the impact these changes that you've outlined around taxation, the push to create global standards, and where you see this, not only this movement going, which you've told us, but what's the role of tax in a company with this growing critical element? Some of the uh, pressures on ESG transparency are growing, and the impact that's having is that there's a push to standardize reporting and scorecarding of entities on their tax transparency. As you know, publicly traded companies have substantial reporting requirements in material areas of their operations, and income tax is always one of the large footnotes as required in SEC reporting. These external forces are trying to, they're not trying, they are creating some scorecarding. And so you've got different players, some being OECD, one being there's a global reporting initiative, Tom. The IFRS, which is the International Financial Reporting Standards Foundation, World Economic Forum, and the SASB, which is the Sustainability Accounting Standards Board, each one of these organizations, Tom, are drafting up their own and pushing out their own transparency scorecard, if you will. And that would include some things like effective tax rates. You know, effective tax rates, traditionally, you can calculate in the financial results of of an audited, published multinational. Well, they're going to push that even farther, Tom, to require ETR, effective tax rate reporting by jurisdiction. So if you have a country, a high-tax country, such as, let's use the U.S., and then they've got operations in Ireland, which has a lower income tax rate, if you just put those on paper and compare the two effective tax rates without an explanation or a thorough understanding, you're going to get an inaccurate conclusion, possibly. But these organizations are pushing for globalization and transparency. And it's going to, the SEC, Tom, currently doesn't have tax components for 
ESG scorecarding, but the global momentum is for this. It's going to result in more tax reporting. Your comments there really seem to me to bring together several of the themes or key themes we've tried to hit on in this podcast series. You've talked about, obviously, compliance being at the table. You've talked about compliance working with different parts of the organization, HR, supply chain. You might even have them working with health and safety or other groups that are touching upon the the E in ESG. And I really wanted to ask you, in summarizing ESG, why is it so important to have tax now as a part of an ESG discussion? And maybe it's where you see all of this heading. You just said that you see us going down the road for perhaps greater transparency. You see us going down the road that there may be additional regulations. Where do you see pressure on multinational enterprises regarding this? The biggest pressure that's coming on on top of multinational organizations are the institutional investors. And Tom, large institutional investors, as you know, they play a heavy role in impacting a multinational's activities. In other words, the CFOs really has to listen to the the institutional investors that he has relationships with or his entity. And institutional investors are probably the biggest 500-pound gorilla in the room that are making investment decisions with their millions of dollars, and they are incorporating an ESG scorecard and with tax transparency, a big part of it, as to where they're making their investment decisions. And so biggest player in the room that's asking for tax transparency are institutional investors, the pension funds, Tom, the big money. And the big money is driving the CFOs and organizations to get ahead of SEC reporting requirements and include an ESG scorecard component of which tax is going to be, it is a large component of that. So Tracy, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode and the concluding episode of this series. I judge a podcast on two factors. One, how much did I learn? And two, how much fun did I have? And I scored A pluses on both for this series. But before we leave, I was wondering if you wanted, or rather if our listeners wanted, to get in touch with you or to learn more about any of the topics that we have touched on in this podcast series, what would be the best way for them to do so? You can contact me or anyone can contact me by email at tbhowellcpa at gmail.com. That's T, T as in boy, howlcpa at gmail.com. Or you can find me on a LinkedIn profile and connect with me there, which is Tracy Brian Howell. Easily found, Tom, and I look forward to hearing from anybody. And I appreciate your uh, invitation. And it was fun for me as well, Tom. It's always good to hang out with the counselor. Well, Tracy, thanks again. And I look forward to continuing this conversation. Thanks, Tom. Talk to you soon.